I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Forge Your Path podcast, episode number 22. And this one, I think, is going to be a little bit different, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one today. And hopefully a lot of people will really be able to resonate with this because I imagine if you've played this game that I'm about to talk about before, you've probably been there. So you know me. If you had any time and opportunity to listen to this podcast so far, you know I'm all about motivation. I'm about positivity, and I'm usually here to inspire you to think about some ideas, some strategies, some inspiration to try to get you to that next level, whether that's in your business or some area of your personal life. Well, today is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to talk about something that is an area where I am absolutely struggling. And so the title of this episode today is Why I Currently Suck at Golf. Yep. Let me say it again, why I currently suck at golf. Now, the operative word is currently, so all hope is not lost. And yes, I do firmly believe that my best golf is ahead of me. But right now, I am mired in the midst of the worst golf that I've probably played in arguably 37 years. So I probably picked up a club at some point when I was seven or eight, never really took lessons growing up. But fortunately, I had had the gift of being able to um, play golf a little bit at a place called Fairmont, where my dad had played a bunch. Uh, But really, to me, wrestling and football and baseball growing up were my sports. And wrestling really became my sport in high school, into college, uh, where I competed on the college level. But it wasn't until after college where all of a sudden you realize uh, you don't exactly go out and get a casual group of wrestlers to hang out uh, that turns into a, into a brawl pretty quickly. And it goes from fun to super competitive. So I was never a hoops player. Yeah. I played pickup hoops with my friends once in a while. And so you, you try to find games where and activities that are fun and you're going to have a little bit of legs for what you can do for the rest of your life. So of course got into running, which is a lot of fun, played tennis with some friends and that was great for a while, but ultimately the game that really became my number one and my favorite, probably at about 24, 25 years old, has been golf. And over the course of that stretch of playing for the last 25 years, I have had relative peaks and valleys. And probably my best, I was around a 15 index where I was able to shoot in the high 80s uh, with the occasional spectacular round where I would shoot in the low 80s. Uh, yet to break into the 70s. Again, operative word yet. Uh, but most of the time, I go out and I'm a, I'm a low to mid-90s golfer. I think if you took 100 rounds that I played, most of them were going to fall into that range. So this year, for whatever reason, uh, I come out and my game is absolutely not there. And when I tell you it's not there, last summer when I was playing, I think I maybe played 10, 11 rounds and had maybe three, four in the 80s. So I was encouraged. Had a couple in the 90s and a couple over 100. This year so far, I think I've carded a 103, a 104, as well as a 114 and a 117. And yeah, I'm that kind of guy. 
if you throw up a 12 on the hole, I'm going to take a 12. And I know, yeah, my handicap says I can take a seven, but honestly, I really don't care. I want to know what I shot. And it has been an epic struggle this year. So not only am I not playing well, I am atrocious. Just think about the uh, complete superlative of, of any adjective that describes poor play. That's where I am. So I thought, let me let me figure out why. And And I thought, rather than talk about something that's inspirational, maybe some of you are struggling at something right now. Maybe it's a game of golf. Maybe it's something in your business. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's some other activity entirely. So with a little bit of humor, I thought this would be a great one to tackle because as I dug under the hood a little bit, it did not take me long at all to come up with five reasons why I currently suck at golf. And I think if you take the five and you flip them, and you can apply them to some other area for you, perhaps one of these five or maybe all of them will be good aspects to be a prescription for an area where you need improvement. So let me walk through the five. Number one reason I currently suck at golf, lack of emotional control. So think about any single area where you're driving for high performance. Can you think of a time when you got really, really, really angry? And I don't just mean kind of pissed off. I mean the kind of anger where you have blind rage and you're seeing in colors. When has that level of emotion helped you perform at your best? For me, I have to say it never has. And golf is a game that requires patience. It requires control of your emotions. And when I go bad and I hit a bad shot, it's not just that I feel kind of agitated and anxious. I, I want to be able to take my club and snap it in half. I've got to be able to use all of my discipline not to give it a whirly bird and, and act like a 12-year-old brat. And just this past week, I was actually at Top Golf, which is not even real golf. But out with my team, uh, I manage a team of sales development representatives. And so this is the once-a-year activity where 16 of them all are coming to New Jersey. And so I'm with the group. And we'd probably been, we've done this maybe six other times with other rounds of new hires, but this was an opportunity where it wasn't just new hires. It was new hires plus the entire team, because this was our once year get together. And when I tell you I couldn't hit the ball, it wasn't that I just couldn't hit a target. I couldn't hit any target. So I was snap hooking the ball so far that if I hit the ball straight, I would hit something. If I snap hooked it to the left, a little bit or pulled a little, I would hit another target. I was missing by three targets because I could not get the ball anywhere. So I had a fun little run uh, of some prior rounds with the team where I think the first five times we played with new hires, I was able to come out and get the victory, despite the fact that I'm not a great golfer. And I'd beaten a couple of guys. One was a a three handicapper, another was actually a plus one. So it was kind of a fun internal piece around uh, competition because, hey, look, uh, uh, let's call it like it is. I love sports, but I also do enjoy winning. So the last time we went out, I did get beaten by a guy that played college golf and uh, took second. But this round, I think I finished like out of 16 people, I finished something like six out of 12 because only 12 were able to compete. And I want to tell you when I was done, I wanted to take my nine iron. I could have easily 
had I, if I had no regard for couth uh, and, and social etiquette, I could have tossed my club right through a glass window. So you have to think about that. When you get really, really pissed off, when does it go well? It typically doesn't. When I was a wrestling coach and there were plenty of days, plenty of days where usually it was just a lack of effort. If someone went out and did their best and really worked their ass off and got pinned, I wasn't going to be upset. I might be heartbroken if they lost a match, if they were winning and got, got caught. But on the days, the rare days where my team went out and just laid down and were completely overmatched mentally before they started, or they just stalled and had a lack of effort, those were the days I was seeing red. But I also knew as a coach, if I went out and just simply lost it and went nuclear, what good was that going to do? Perhaps once or twice in my 15-year career, I did that. And you like to think that maybe that motivates people and gets their attention, but generally, it's just not the case. So if I want to get better at this game, I need to get better emotional control. So that's number one. Number two, lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. So if you want to be good at anything on performance day, on game day, you just have to prepare. There's no question about it. In the years past, uh, I can't say I lived at the range or I was, I was Ranger Rick, but I would try to go out and hit the ball once, maybe twice a week if I knew I was going to play on a weekend. Whatever reason this year, well, not for whatever reason, I've been extremely busy. So I've had four opportunities to play, which is a lot between running a business, twin daughters, and oh, by the way, a puppy that's been in the mix now for five weeks. It's been hard to find the time. So on a couple of times I've gotten a chance to play, I simply just show up. And I used to have kind of an elaborate stretching routine. I would get some good trunk twists. I would try to stretch out the hammies a little bit. I would take 20 practice swings with two clubs to get the weight of the club and the feel. And then I'd either try to hit 10 balls or roll about 10, 12 putts. For whatever reason this year, I'm just showing up at the course. I take three, four minutes. Maybe I'm lucky I got a swing or two and I go out and play. Well, guess what? My game is garbage. So yeah, there's something to be said where you don't want to overthink it and get overhyped and overtense. That's a whole different topic for another time because I do firmly believe there's something to be said for just harnessing being in the moment. But to me, guess what? I'm not good enough to pretend that I can skip the preparation piece, whether it's week of to go out and hit some balls or day of to get myself physically and mentally ready to go. So if I want to play better golf, it needs to at least have the preparation commensurate with the game I expect to play. And if I want to get better, if I want to improve at golf, then yeah, I'm going to have to prepare more. I'm going to have to practice more. So that way, when I do come to the course, I'm not trying to invent my swing on every single time I have an iron in my hand, like it's a foreign object. I'm actually going to be prepared because I've invested the time. And if I think about any area of my life, whether that was my time as a middle school teacher, my time as a middle and high school wrestling coach, my time as a leader of a sales organization, my time working with my coaching clients one-on-one in PATH. If I prepare and I prepare sufficiently, 
not only am I getting myself mentally ready to go, of course, I'm organized and I'm comfortable and competent and I'm getting the skill repetition that's going to give me the leg up. So this way I'm always advancing and moving forward. So clearly lack of preparation is number two. Number three, I actually just kind of gave it away and it's a great bridge to the third and maybe most important piece, lack of skill. So let's call it like it is. My swing is complete garbage right now. So if I want to play better golf, there's obviously a skill gap. If you record my swing, it's somewhat akin to a person violently chopping wood and taking a downward hack as my hips spin open and I whack the ball. It doesn't take Butch Harmon to figure out that, yeah, I need some lessons. Yes, I need to video my swing and figure out what I need to do to close the skill gap. But I think this is where most people struggle because we're so wired in this instant gratification society we live in to just expect that if I show up, if I have a positive mindset, I'm going to get that skill. And yeah, I should be able to learn that in a day, a week, a month. When if I really want to reach mastery at something, it's consistency over time. It takes months and maybe years to build the right skill to not just be competent, but to be great. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about becoming great. And of course, this is a hobby for me, but I have aspirations to be a great golfer. I've always thought that on my best day, there's no reason that I can't shoot in the 70s. And I've got the ability, because if I can hit the ball off the tee, 250 to 275 yards, if my putting on a, on a good day is lights out and my irons are solid, of course I should be able to do that if I put the round together. So the skill gap is often where we don't want to look. And I've realized it in my life that the more I spend the time avoiding trying to do it all on my own and getting help, the more advancement I'm going to get, the more gaps I'm going to close. The biggest pieces I've learned as a sales development coach is that putting more resources in front of our team to be able to spend time with them is going to help them close those skill gaps and help close the mindset gaps. As a sales leader for me, working with my chief marketing officer, I got the skill of getting better and better at analyzing numbers. So for me, that was a huge piece. As I'm growing my business here in working with PATH, the more I sought out coaches that know how to not only give me the skills of marketing more effectively, but also different skills around other aspects of being a better coach has made me so far advanced in terms of where I was, not, not just one year ago, but I think about where I was two or three years ago, the skills I've developed by taking the time to invest in coaches has been extraordinary for me and has paid such dividends. So if I want to get better at this game, I need to get a coach. And I have two options. I can try to do it on my own and go hit balls and go to the range. And guess what? I'll get marginal improvement. But if I want to go to the golf cave and go to the track man and analyze my swing, if I want to find the right coach and get lessons, I'm going to accelerate faster. So the willingness to find that right coach, the right mentor to give you the skills, absolutely essential. Number four, lack of focus. Lack of focus. This is a big one for me. 
And, you know, I've talked about it in other podcast episodes, the importance of focus. And I think this is an area where I'd say in my day-to-day, I'm really strong. In my business, most of the time, I do a really good job of this because I try to spend the time each day to ascertain what is it I need to focus on that's going to be most material. What's the best use of my time today to help me advance and get the most out of the day and to help others most effectively? On a golf course, however, here's what happens. So I'm playing with my buddy. Uh, this is probably going maybe three, four weeks back. And he's my, my best friend, and I would say he's my golf arch nemesis. And he beats me more than I would care to admit. I would say in my career now, probably from the run of the last couple of years, he beats me at least 90% of the time, probably closer to 95%. I'm sure he would tell you it's closer to 98%, but let's not squabble over details right now. So I'm now in a run where I have not beaten him for, I didn't beat him in 2022, although I had three or four chances, and I certainly haven't beaten him this year. So we're playing match play. I'm three holes down, and we're on the 13th hole. And I pound a drive, and I feel great. And what happens on the next shot is I hit the six iron that is just that shot if any of you have played golf where you know all is right in the world. The contact is there. The swing was effortless. And majestically, the ball comes off my club. Six iron lands on the green. You know, that nice little thump like, like it's landing on a pillow and settles about 20 feet from the hole. My buddy is struggling. He's hacking around. And uh, now I'm on the green. I've got a birdie putt, which is probably my first green regulation of the day of about 20 feet. And he ends up scraping around and he is on the fringe with about a 50 foot putt. So I'm already thinking now after this next shot, not, not only have I in my mind won this hole, I'm envisioning us going to the 18th tee and me winning this round. And, and I'm already starting to forecast my victory and maybe having a drink after to celebrate, maybe, uh, maybe an absolute eruption of emotion on the 18th after I win the heroic putt and, uh, and I shed the moniker of a couple of years of losses. So I'm already there. One great drive, one iron shot, I'm there. So what happens next? I kind of hurry my putt. I don't focus on it that much because in my mind, I've won the hole. I put it up there and I tap in about a two footer and I make my par. And what happens? My buddy drains the 50 footer. We've now have the hole. And I can feel the wind coming out of my sails because I want to be a sportsman. I want to root for him on, and congratulate him on a great putt. But I did not need that to happen right then. So what happens next? We go to the next hole. We both pound our drives, feeling great have an okay second. And now my third shot is right in front of the green and I almost chip in, but it's a killer green that goes down to the bottom. Well, my buddy pounds his drive, knocks the ball on the green. He's got an ego putt. So he ends up making birdie. I make a par. Now I'm four down. Sure enough, now I try to force it. And uh, because I'm thinking several shots ahead, I have kind of a mediocre 15th hole and the match is over. So one shot, two good shots, I'm already forecasting my victory party. And yeah, you know what? Great to have imagination, great to have visualization, but what's the important thing in golf? What's the most important shot? The next one. You got to focus on what's in front of you. So instead of trying to play five holes ahead and forecast my victory party, hit the damn next shot. 
So how many times do we get too far ahead of ourselves, right? How many times do we get so locked into the good thing or the bad thing that might happen hours from now, days from now, weeks from now, when the most important thing is just execute on the task at hand. And if you want to improve at something and get consistent performance over time, it requires the focus on the moments. And that's going to be different for every industry. It's going to be different for every scenario. But if you can have the discipline to stay focused and just execute, man, it is a superpower. Because I firmly believe in this world of, of unparalleled distraction, the ability to focus is a lost art. So for me, I want to be a better golfer. I've got to focus better. Keep my head on the next shot. Number five, lack of resilience. Lack of resilience. So uh, in my most recent round that we played uh, just a week and change ago, I'm starting to put together something that's respectable. And again, I'm not breaking any records, but um, I go to the ninth hole and I'm sitting at a 44. So small victories, right? I par the ninth hole, I'm going to shoot a 49, which for me, historically, is not a great side. But this summer, I sure as hell would love to shoot in the 40s. So we come to the tee, and, uh, and again, I'm thinking about pounding this epic drive. So what do I do? I hurry it, I smother hook it, hit it about 150 yards in the rough. So then I get over the next shot, and now I'm starting to play from behind. So I get up there, and I'm trying to hood one around the corner, and I hit a duff snap hook. Now what happens? I advance the ball maybe 30, 40 yards. And now I feel that emotional control kind of slipping and frustration sets in. So now all of a sudden, in my mind, I've got thoughts along the lines of, I've lost my swing. My swing is gone. So after several more repeated poor swings with a poor attitude, I wind up getting on the green and missing my four-foot putt and close out the front nine with a 10 for a 54, a 10. So I'm completely deflated because again, like life, golf is the same way where momentum is great. So a 10 is not the way you want to close out your front side. So I carry over to the 10. What do I do? Snap one right in the water, hit one to the side, slap one around, make an eight, and I'm pretty much off and running for a poor back nine. And if only, only cherry on top, if I wanted to make this uh, perfect Sunday of disaster, the only way I could have closed more poorly was on the 18th hole after a couple of shots that maybe had some sprinkles of, of promise, I closed with an 11 to finish out the 18. So if you want to be successful in any, any venture, you have to have some resilience. So in other areas, I do pride myself on when there is a setback. Sure, like everybody else, I might get frustrated. I might get sad. I might get a little bit down. But I quickly get to that right mental place of what I need to do to get better. In this particular scenario, in this game, sometimes one bad shot and I go to that dark place where I feel like all is lost. So if I want to be a better performer in this game, I have to have the context that one bad shot is one bad shot. Just like a bad day in business is simply a bad day in business. Unless we attribute meaning to it, that's simply all it is. And I think 
oftentimes we love to tell ourselves these stories. We love to get caught in this narrative of drama, of these worst case scenarios. When realistically, if we can just stop the noise, turn the drama down a couple notches, all we need to do is simply do what I talked about before. Focus on the next right task and execute. And that is how you put together a great half of a day, a great week, a great month, and a great career. Because there's always going to be adversity. Uh, as the author says, and I'm, his name is escaping me right now, golf is not a game of perfect. And neither is life. You, it's great to be a positive person, but if you expect perfection, then you're sorely mistaken. Every day in business, there's going to be curveballs that are thrown at you. Every day as a parent, there's going to be some adversity that heads your way that you weren't expecting. So the, my day was great until mindset really is going to set you up for frustration. So just thinking about that aspect of not necessarily that you're going to forecast doom and gloom, but just expect the, that the unexpected will show up. And it's all about having to be able to be flexible, adapt, and be resilient. And when you do have that setback, just getting that next right task and that execution is going to get you better. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, those are the five reasons I currently suck at golf. And it doesn't mean that my best golf isn't ahead of me. So starting this out over the last couple of days has given me some real positive momentum. Actually just hit the range just a few hours ago. And uh, I found some signs of some positivity because Again, what's one of my five? I need to improve my skills. So a lot of work to be done and a lot of preparation that needs to get put into place in order for me to play better golf. But at least I know the five. I've got my prescription. And now the question is, am I going to apply it? That at the end of the day is going to be the difference between me continuing to struggle or for me to break through to play better golf and get to that golf that I envision where I'm shooting scores that I've dreamed about. So thanks, everybody. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time.